0: head out to Seattle. Let's talk to their play-by-play man, Steve Rabel. He is on the line with us. Of course, the Seahawks will be here Christmas Eve at Nissan Stadium to take on the Titans. Steve, how we doing? Guys, we're great. How about you? Oh, we can't complain at all. We're at a, a, fa- f- uh, a fun establishment, getting ready to feed us. The weather's great. I don't know if the weather's going to be great on Sunday, but no complaints here. We don't have a clue who's going to play on Sunday. Do you have a better idea who's going to play on your end? Yeah, yeah I think we do. Um, Gino is practicing for the first time really
1: fully uh since he uh, pulled that groin muscle in practice a couple of weeks ago so i think the expectation is he's going to play quarterback obviously our starter but if he can't we know that drew lock can handle anything that gets thrown at him after what he did against the eagles on monday night he was just superb um we've got a lot of guys who've kind of been a little bit nicked up and we're, we're finding their way back to the to the starting lineup uh including abe lucas it's a name that you guys probably don't talk about much but our right tackle, we have these bookend second-year tackles, and, and Abe has been fighting a knee uh, injury most of the season. Well, he played about as well as he's ever played, just this last uh, Monday night. So he's just keep he just keeps getting better and better as as we go along. Um, we're not sure about Jamal yet whether he's going to be able to play our safety. Uh, he's just really struggling after tearing his quad at the end, at the uh, beginning of last season. It's just a slow recovery, but. He's, he's tried to go out there and well uh, play as well. So, yeah, I think we're going to be pretty much uh, close to full
0: strength. Well, we do talk about the offensive line here, Steve, but it's in a different light than what you just portrayed on, on Seattle's end. Uh, it's more on the bad. <laughs> the last two years, the offensive line has been uh, pretty abysmal here, um, and they're getting the quarterbacks killed, and Derek Henry's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I got to ask you, you brought up the performance. We, we watched it. Wow, what a what a draw, final drive, right, to to beat Philadelphia on Monday night. And it was Drew Locke, of all people. And, you know, Geno Smith is another guy. Everybody, including us, you know, we're like, Geno Smith? Like, really? That's who they're really going – and, you know, he had the season that he had last year. And uh, how, how has Pete Carroll in Seattle been able – It it seems like, you know, life without Russell Wilson. They've just thrown Geno Smith and and Drew Locke out there, and they're able to get the production that they've got. I I think uh, you mentioned
1: it, Pete Carroll. Uh, Sum it all up in in those two words, Pete Carroll. Uh, One of my broadcast partners, uh, Brock Hewart, who used to play quarterback here, played at the University of Washington, and is now on uh, the morning radio show here uh, every day uh, that our broadcasts are on for for the games said said it i thought pretty well and he said it's amazing what the power of belief can do for you and while a lot of people were losing their minds the last four weeks with four straight losses pete had never gone through this before as a coach of the seahawks um, there was that power of belief in the locker room that they could get the job done and if they just stopped beating themselves that they really could play competitively with just about anybody. And we've proven that. I mean, yeah, we lost twice to the 49ers in three weeks, but one of those games, the second one, in uh, the Bay Area was a really close game. And it was because those guys continue to believe in the messaging that, that Pete puts forth every week. And the fact that they know they, they've they got some really good football players on this team, and, and they should be playing better than at times they were. So, uh, I think that's, you can chalk it up a lot to that. Yeah, the Eagles had some issues. Their quarterback was not feeling well. Hell, this time of year, nobody's feeling well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I will also say, after what you just mentioned about your offensive line, you know, you guys are kind of in that position where you got a young offensive line, a young quarterback kind of all growing up together. I hope we don't see you for another decade or two because in the next couple of years, with all these guys coming of age together, you're going to be really tough and you still got, you still got a strong, stable of running back. So, you know, the, the Seahawks are not going to overlook anybody, but they have certainly enjoyed this win uh, this last week.
0: Well, we hope you're right on that front. How nice is it, to, no matter who's under center with those two names that I threw out, to have the targets and the weapons that uh, they have to choose from running down the field? I mean, it's another thing here, unfortunately, just the wide receiver position has not been uh, a good one here. One that they've really had troubles figuring out in 25 years of having a professional football team in Nashville. Um, You know, and you guys have three. Well, it looks like three, right? Looks like three. The rookie looks with the game-winning touchdown. I mean, it looks like you got three legit targets for either Drew Locke or Geno Smith to find. Yeah, and
1: and figure that you have those three guys, uh, DK, who caught – three of his five passes in the last drive of the game uh, to get us into position to throw that uh, deep pass to Jackson. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba has just been uh, amazing. We should have known it. I mean, he's a, he's a first-round draft choice. He's a great young man. He's terrifically talented. And then, of course, you got the old guy of the bunch, Tyler Lockett, who all he does is go out and make a lot of catches and score touchdowns over a period of years. And then on top of that, he he may be one of the nicest, sweetest guys you'll ever meet. And this on a team that wants to run the football. So when you've got those kind of combinations, you've got two quarterbacks who, who are talented enough to put it up for those explosive plays and can also spin it in those tight windows. And then you run the ball to boot. And we probably ran the ball as well as we did uh, at any time this last week, and it's still not good enough. Uh, there's got to be a, a better balance there for Pete, at least, seeing the running attack uh, married with that, that passing attack. And we haven't put it all together yet. I mean, we still haven't had one of those really big blowout games. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen this week because you guys got a really good defense. But uh, it, it's, it's getting there. They're getting there, and they, you're right. We have the pieces of the puzzle. We just have to play better together, and we have to play for one more play than the opposition. Steve you played the position yourself and you played alongside one of the one of the goats at the position in the history of football and Steve Largent are you still impressed by DK Metcalf and what he is able to do just the physical uh freak of nature he seems to be and do you say to yourself I can't believe I played the same position as this guy did <laughs> Yeah and in fact, I, I, I don't think I did. As I watch him uh, <laughs> run, as, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you I didn't play the same kind of position that he did. Um, he is he is so remarkable. First of all, just just be in the same room with him and, it, and it, without his shirt on, and just, he just he it's just stunning. But the things that he can do as a big man as a wide receiver, when I played, he was a defensive end. Trust me, with that size and the quicks off the edge. He would have been a defensive end uh, back in the day. Here he is as a wide receiver, and he works so hard at his craft to run really crisp routes. And he'll tell you, it's not all about just running fast, and he is as fast as almost anybody in the league at that spot. Uh, but he, it's also about how you set guys up and how you work hard at running your pass routes. And he leans on on Tyler for some of those, and Jackson leans on those other two guys for for learning what he's learned. Uh, and they can all sort of look back at a guy like Largent who was the master at setting up cornerbacks. He wasn't the fastest guy. I mean, I'll, I'll toot my own horn here for one second. I was on that on that roster back in the uh, 70s and early 80s. I was the fastest guy, but did I catch the passes that Steve Largent didn't know because he knew how to get open. He had fabulous hands, and uh, and he, he was just there for our quarterback, Jim Zorn, uh, every time that Jim wanted to throw the ball there. So if you have those guys and you're the quarterback, what a, what a wonderful uh, gift of riches that you have. And, and all those guys are phenomenal. And DK surely showed it this week. Steve, Pete Carroll, 72. Would it surprise you at all if he called a press conference in a few weeks and said, thanks, everybody. It's been, it's been fun, and uh, good luck, and God bless. It would be the biggest surprise of my life if he did that. Hmm. Pete Carroll is also the most competitive person I have ever been around. He has more energy than I ever thought about having. I'll be 70 my next birthday. I I don't even attempt to do what he does. He runs striders out on the field while the guys are getting warmed up every day. So this guy, I mean, he's just amazing. And he's he's got a message that the players still listen to. He's got a coaching style that the players love. He's uh, so well thought of in the community and the organization. Yeah, that would be a huge surprise to me. What wouldn't be a surprise if he came out this week and said, you know what, we're signing a three-year extension. That would not surprise me.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I know you've got some time uh, constraints. You've got another interview to do, so we do appreciate that, Steve. You know, you should maybe do a Predators game with your holy catfish call because <laughs> the Predators are known for throwing a catfish yes. on the ice. So you'd be appropriate, you know, to, to throw in a holy catfish. Into a Listen, I went
1: as as you guys may know, I went to Georgia Tech, so uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and I went to Georgia Tech, so I'm sure I heard the holy catfish somewhere along the way when I was down there playing with guys from Macon, Georgia, and Gainesville, Georgia, and all those other places. Southern uh, roots. So it just sort of stuck, and now it's really stuck. And I, I it's got to be a big play, and we had a couple of them the other night. So I hope I get to use it uh, down in Nashville this week.
0: Yeah, uh, good stuff, Steve. Really uh, fun catching up with you. Thanks for your time. and Safe travel, uh, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, happy holidays, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road.